Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. You're dialed into Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. Be a part of the show live every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Facebook, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, or the CMSNetwork.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMSNetwork.com. We are live at those four locations every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch the show on heavy metal television. If you'd like to catch video replays of the show, just go to our YouTube channel. And if you would like to download audio versions of the podcast just google talking into infinity without further ado let me bring on my good friend brian uh brian i hate to cut off your intro but uh we have a very special guest joining us here in just a second uh anybody who's watched this show for the length of time that we have been doing it you know him you love him he has been dream theater's keyboard maestro since 1998 and he is embarking on an upcoming solo tour ladies and gentlemen mr jordan rudis jordan what's going on man all right i'm in the show <laughs> you caught us right in the middle of the intro there <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> not a problem not a problem so thanks a lot for making time for us i know you're doing you know some press for your upcoming tour here so we appreciate you making time uh, so are you where are you right now because you guys just finished up the european tour yesterday well, didn't you hey, last night i played for five thousand people in istanbul and today i'm sitting in uh where am i today i'm in la actually anaheim getting ready to do the nam show I actually just came home from Anaheim on Monday, so that's oh. pretty cool. Yeah, they, they had a Star Wars convention there before NAM. I, I almost stayed another week, but oh. awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, fast and furious. Yeah, all fun and good stuff. Awesome. So yeah, we wanted to talk to you tonight. Uh, you obviously are about to embark on uh, another solo tour, and it is uh, entitled "An Evening with Jordan Rudis." And uh, you are going to be out for 23 dates starting on June 7th in Seattle and closing up shop on August 6th in uh, Fort Lauderdale. So why don't you tell us a little about this upcoming tour that you got going on? Yeah, um, well, let's see. So I just finished a whole two-month-long Dream Theater tour, and now I'm going to switch modes uh, and do some solo touring. Very excited about it. So it's a very different you know, kind of a thing, obviously. Um, but I really, really enjoy it. It's, uh, it gives me the opportunity to really play, you know, music that uh, is very close to my heart. And uh, it's very personal and more intimate, certainly, than a Dream Theater experience. But uh, one of the things I've been preparing that I'm really excited about playing for everybody is this new Dream Theater medley uh, of songs. It's like about a 15-minute extravaganza through some of the classic, like, epic tracks, you know, bits of this, bits of that, but they all kind of, like, seamlessly flow together. For, for the, 
the big dream theater fans, it's a little bit like an instrument medley, like what we had some years ago, but it's all, you know, at least at this point, it's all written for piano. Uh, it just covers a lot of ground. So, uh, yeah, I've been working on the show, excited to get out there and just do my thing. Um, mostly, you know, piano stuff, but I'm also going to be playing a little bit of guitar and playing on some of my apps, some geo shred stuff as well. And, uh, yeah, and I'll be also, you know, these, these concerts get, give me an opportunity to take people on a little bit of a journey about my, you know, my life and my career which has been such a, you know, an interesting ride since I started out as a classical musician, you know, I was very young. And, uh, you know, when I was about 18, I veered off and uh, got into uh, synthesizers and progressive rock and electronic music. And, you know, this is a great chance to kind of like take people through that story in a musical fun way. Yeah, I guess I was going to ask, you know, this this tour is a little bit different in that you're not just up there playing, you know, you're, you know, from some things that I've read, you're going to be going through, you know, your different compositional techniques, um, you know, varying technologies, your instruments and stuff. It's, it's not solely just, Hey, here I'm, I'm playing, you know, what was the inspiration to change things up a little bit this time and not just do a standard kind of a concert format? Well, the last time I went out solo, um, I did something, something that we called Bach to rock. Uh, and I, and I probably will do that kind of something leaning towards like a Bach to rock experience in places where I haven't done it before because it's, it's just exactly kind of what I, what I was just talking about. It's a chance to go from literally playing Bach to take people through, you know, my journey. So I start with Bach and then I go into some kind of improvisation, play something, some classic, you know, prog melodies and King Crimson or yes. And, you know, dream theater and LTE stuff. And so, that's kind of like that's the vibe. So this, so you know, this show and places that I've done Bach to Rock will be a little bit different than that, but keeping the theme of bringing people along. You know, my story with music and, and words. And so, so, how, now, so Jordan, how long did it take you to come up with this fifteen-minute medley that you're talking about here? And did you get any input from the guys on, hey, you should try throwing these songs in? Just curious. Did I get? I'm sorry, you broke up. Did I get any input? What? Did you get any input from the other guys on what songs you should put in that medley? No, the other guys in the group. No, because it was really going to be a you know piano, right? Um, but what I did do is I got together with Aaron Boshbu, who is uh, the the um, young composer conductor who I worked with uh, and Dream Theater worked with on Breaking the Fourth Wall, and he did some some uh, orchestrations on what was it? Um, spacing out octavarium uh and aaron and i worked together on it because i was on tour when i had this light bulb moment of thinking what can i do on the solo tour that would be really exciting for me and exciting for other people that would be like dream theater related so i said oh my god the one who knows like dream theater's music the most outside of the band and could do this with me because he's a pianist and a conductor is Aaron. So I called him up. I said, how would you like to like help me, you know, while I'm traveling from country to country, put together an awesome, like really meaty kind of like dream theater medley. He was like, I'd love to do that. So, you know, literally I'm in a different 
country every day. And he's like updating me like with, you know, PDFs of the score and we're talking and I'm saying, you know what, uh, I really want to put a little bit of these walls in here. And, you know, I want the theme from, you know, presence of enemies and Octavarium. And so we're going back and forth and I'm trying, whenever I get to my dressing room, I'm trying it, seeing how it works. And, you know, he'll write one thing and then I'll play it on the keyboard. I'll go, yeah, but it's cool, but I think I'll play it, you know, a little bit more like this. And so I'd send him a video of me playing it and he'd, you know, notate it and, and musical notation. And altogether, you know, over the course of uh, a few weeks, this thing has really been coming together. And it was really funny because every time I'd land at a dressing room, I'd be like, okay, you know, get the piano, the, the, the dressing room piano set up quickly because those were my chances to practice. So, and it was, you know, it's a tough piece. So, so what, one of the things that we do on our show, we, we actually involve people in the chat. So we do have a question for you, all the way okay. from Australia. So okay. our good friend, Kale McLeish, she wants to know, are you going to sing on this tour like you did a few tours ago, or is this going to be strictly instrumental when it comes to the song selections? Um, I haven't really like formally planned to do like any singing uh, on, on this run. I mean, I guess it's possible I could break out a song, you know? that you know hearing that hearing that question makes me think maybe i should sing a song <laughs> you know, i could, could uh, bust out so we'll see we'll see how the voice feels a lot of times i'll think you know like luckily you know with, with my show i can say you know what if i feel like i'm in good voice that day i'll sing if not i won't <laughs> so, <laughs> nice if we can do it that way you know yeah so, Jordan, what was it about the guitar that that has you driven now? Because you're always posting all these videos. I'm watching them almost every other day. We're like, oh, I learned a new technique. I learned a new riff. And yeah. and what is it about that 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 drives you? And has that affected the way you go about composing? You know, maybe your solo stuff. You know, when you're trans, you know, going back and forth to piano and synth. Is that sort of like leaking in now? You're you're you know, is that inspiring you in different ways? I realized that. Well, first of all, I guess. About a year ago, I kind of got this feeling like, you know, I, I kind of said to myself, you know, I should be playing, I should really be getting better at the guitar. Like, why not? I could always play a little bit, you know, whenever I pick it up, but I'd never really practiced. And I thought, I've got these guitars, you know, John Petrucci over the years arranged a couple of his models, which are, of course, awesome. And uh, and I got turned on to a Strandberg and I was like, I got to I got to play that thing. So I started to play and I quickly kind of realized or remembered how much I love the focus of learning a musical instrument. I like, I love to sit and I love to practice and I come up with riffs and techniques and the mechanics. Cause of course the guitar is, you know, a completely different mechanical instrument as far as the, all the different technical approaches to playing it than the piano. But as far as learning that and spending the time getting into it, I'm like, I'm really into it. So, uh, and the other thing that's been amazing is that I was able to reach out to the guitar kind of like community, all these guys who were, you know, such great players and, and most of them are such great people and everybody's excited to kind of help me along this journey. So it's been amazing. I'm still really into it. So what inspired you to actually branch out as a guitar player now? Because you, you're always innovating, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but you're always upping your keyboard game, be it yeah. you know technique-wise or, or gear-wise. Why all of a sudden did you just go, you know what, now I'm tackling the guitar? Well, I just when I first started it, 
I again I just I just was enjoying it so much. And I was like, and then I got the feeling like, wow, I can do this. And I was really noticing a lot of improvement. So I said, why not? This is something that I'm really enjoying. And also, honestly, like on tour with my Strandberg, you know, guitar, it's been a pleasure because I'll be on the tour bus. I can just take it out easily, put it on my lap, play it, you know, I'm backstage after the concert, I'm hanging out, I'm sitting, my guitar is sitting right next to me. It's The guitar is a great instrument to i mean it's just it just makes so much sense you put it on your lap and you just play. it's so convenient in many ways it's more convenient than you know than keyboards which which we're not like just kind of like holding up against your body and just like you know you can watch tv i mean yeah there are certain keyboards i can put on my lap but i'm just i have been just enjoying this new relationship with this instrument and it's becoming a bigger part of my life i mean you know at this point i consider myself kind of like a hobby guitarist but hey if i keep on uh, you know in, improving at this rate and getting all the input from so many of my amazing guitar player friends in the industry you know, I'd probably be playing some more guitar on some of my solo albums or whatever. So that's kind of where that's at. Are, are we going to be seeing a guitar duel with you and John Petrucci at future Dream Theater shows? Is that what you're intimating? Well, <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think John Petrucci needs any help, you know. <laughs> you know, he needs another guitarist. But John's been great. I mean, he's been so sweet about my, you know... I mean, I can ask him questions, you know, I'll say, John, like, how do you use the pick in this case or whatever? And, you know, it's not like I'm bothering him that much with it. I mean, John, you know, he's, what what can I say? I mean, the guy is, you know, the god of the guitar and I'm the keyboardist in the band. So I'm not spending that much time, like, involving him on my guitar journey. But at the same time, I do have some questions because he's right there. Yeah. about it so um but whether or not you know i'll be playing guitar and dream theater that was never my intention my goal of doing at all and i don't think that's i'm not looking to make that happen i don't think john really needs that to happen so sure i I wouldn't count on that it's definitely joking because i'm sure that's probably a daunting thing to even consider to hey john People ask me that all the time now, you know, because I guess, you know, I'm in Dream Theater, I'm playing the guitar, so, oh, a duel with John. (laughs) You know, I get that good where I can feel, like, confident and we decide to do something fun one day, well, sure, but I'm not looking to do that, and it's not really on the plan. Right. It's it's cooler anyway when you go do a duel with the Zen Riffer, you know, and you and him go out like that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, visually, it's cooler, I think, anyway. Right, right. I'm just imagining, like, we'll, we'll be in the studio writing, and, uh, like, you know, usually I come up with riffs and everything, and I say, John, try this, like, and I'll play it on the keyboard, and then I leave it up to him to figure it out. But the danger zone now is if I come up with a riff, and I'm like, no, John, don't put your finger there. You could actually play it this way. Then he'll hate me forever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you, you did mention convenience a minute ago, and it, it kind of leads to something I wanted to ask you about. What is, what is this pocket piano that you're developing that you're working oh, on right now? Great question. So actually, I'm here at NAMM, and one of the things I'm going to be showing is the new pocket piano, which is uh, an instrument um, that was invented by a friend of mine named Joseph uh, Bergada in Spain. And um, when I saw the original version of it, I was really inspired. It's a, it's a keyboard that actually has different modules. Imagine like, you know, pieces of a piano, like octave pieces that can almost like snap together. And you can build it to be, you know, anything from like a one octave all the way to a 87 note 
um, you know, full-size keyboard. And when I saw it, and I saw that you could have this full-size keyboard in your back, like basically in a backpack, I was like, wow, I love this idea. I, you know, got in touch with him. I said, let me, you know, be involved with this because I have some ideas to make it even better and something that would be so attractive to like every keyboardist that I know. So I got involved, I guess, about a year ago. Uh, and actually, um, tomorrow we're going to be showing this new version uh, of the pocket piano, which features the the digital piano sound built into it that I've been using with Dream Theater for the last you know few albums. Really excited about it because there's a lot of digital piano sounds out there, but I think the one that I chose and the one that I use is just so high level and sounds so great that for a keyboardist to have that in his backpack, you know, with this thing, it's just it's powerful and it's really cool and fun. So, Jordan, you you have so many different apps and so many different endorsements and so many different things like your Patreon, the USIC, and all this stuff. How many ideas seriously come at you like in the span of a month? Say, hey, Jordan, what do you think about this new app or what do you think about this new instrument? Is it just like get overwhelming at times? Um, you know, everything that I do is out of this passion for music and technology. I live and breathe this stuff. I, there's not a moment of the day that I'm awake that I'm not thinking about, you know, all these things and generating ideas and putting energy into them just because I love doing it. It's who I am is what I do. And that's what makes it possible. Uh, the other thing that quite honestly makes it possible is my wife is a producer and she is so helpful to me in the kind of like balancing, balancing this. Cause I do have to admit that I'm at a, another level right now of like, um, kind of like input and activity with the various companies, which I can do, but there's a certain part of it that I do need help. Some, you know, that I am needing some help with just to manage some of the logistics and the, and the, the, the business of it. So, um, but it's so exciting. I mean, like literally now I'm sitting at the NAMM show and over the course of the next few days, I'm going to be working with some of these companies that I've put energy behind for the last you know period of time, like the pocket piano, like another company that all the musicians out there should know about because it's so awesome. It's called Moises. It's M-O-I-S-E-S. -E it's an app that runs on your mobile device, but it also runs on your um, desktop. And what it does it does like really great track separation. So like imagine taking your favorite dream theater track and just like putting it in Moises. And next thing you know, you've got like the vocals separate, the drums separate, you know, the, the bass, you know, whatever, like different choices for what you can separate out. And it's almost, it's like you have access to the individual tracks and then you can slow it down or speed it up without changing the pitch. And in addition to that, it shows you the chords. So it figures out the chords and while it's playing, it shows you the chords. So um, I'm gonna be kind of like presenting that to uh, you know the, the public at NAM <clears throat> as well, very exciting. Um, and, then, and then also I'm working with a company out of India that we're showing a new pedal technology, which is a company, it's called, the company's called Black BT. And it's a company that's combined uh, a switch pedal, like a standard kind of switch pedal, and also a continuous pedal. So imagine like a piano sustain and a wah-wah, but in the same pedal. 
So it's kind of like taking the pedal technology, which nobody thinks about very often, but now we're thinking about it, how to make it better uh, and, and going to be showing that. So that's some of the stuff that's, you know, that's going on here at the NAMM show. That, it's funny you mentioned Moises. I use that all the time. I oh, sing in a cover. I, I, yeah, I sing in a cover band, and I take the lead vocal out all the time. Once I feel like I've learned the song enough, I I back out the lead vocal to kind of like rehearse to. <laughs> so Pretty I'm cool. very familiar with that. Yeah, my band's starting to use it on guitar parts. The same thing, man. Just like you said. So no, that that's man, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so. I was going to ask you, you know, about you know your technology, but you pretty much just answered the question. Uh, one of our one of our viewers, he does have a question. I won't bring it up on the screen because it's like a novel here, so I'll shorten it up a little bit. But um, our buddy Adam Rishog, he he wants to know with the advancements in audio production, there's been arguably less of a need for quote unquote real instruments when recording an album. Take for example, drum programs. You know, the programs you've developed. Uh, is there a specific time when you feel it's necessary to create sound? digitally rather than live and in person well i mean my world is very much about um synthesizers electronic instruments about software and i'm saying that not in the sense that i'm closed or like you know to to acoustic instruments or anything like that i love acoustic instruments i think they're you know can be very beautiful and certainly organic and there's magic there but also my involvement and my focus has been very much about how to take technology and bring um kind of like more advanced expression to the whole game like you have to like go into my head and think back when I first started playing the mini mode, people would say, I'd be like, it's amazing. I can play a sound and turn a dial. And as you know, as I'm holding a key, like the filter is changing. And to me, that was really expressive, but like to the outside world, it was kind of like, well, when you hit the key, it's not like it's doing like velocity or changing or anything like that. So there was this big argument about the tech, about how, you know, those new, new gadgets, new synthesizers were not expressive. And you could kind of like get their point at that, at that point. But my whole life over the you know past couple of decades has been about taking technology and computer technology and looking at and bringing in new ways to add expression uh, to, to these new instruments. And what's amazing is that I, I really know and I feel that you know, with technology, we're able to bring expression that you've never been able to have before on anything. So like an example of that being that you could touch a, a, um, a um, Haken continuum, Haken continuum, actually it's called. And, and it's such a sensitive instrument, you just barely can put your finger on it and you can press into it and move it vertically. And it's so or incredibly organic and it's all happening because of the technology. So that old argument has been completely washed away by anybody that's in the know. And now we have this incredible technology, which has allowed this kind of next generation of expression with musical instruments. So it's really important for people to understand that because that's what, that's a wonderful use of like the new technology. Yeah. Well, I know you've only got a few minutes left because, you know, you've got another interview coming up here. So I did want to hit on, uh, just a couple of Dream Theater questions with you real quick. Um, sure. So obviously, you know, the, the pandemic wreaked havoc on everything. And, you know, you guys were kind of laid up for the better part of two years. Talk about how finally being able to get on stage again just reinvigorated the band and provided, you know, this fresh new kind of energy to, to you guys. 
Yeah, finally getting back on the road has been awesome. Give me one second. It's got to reach. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> We've got technical difficulties at home for Jordan Rudis, y'all. <laughs> this is what we call a rest in the music business. Yeah. Is it a quarter rest or a whole, oh, sorry. Rest or whole rest? I'm bad sorry. with the notation. Uh, deal with something so yeah it's been amazing getting on the road and you know it was really hard to get on the road as well so but the fact that we're the fact that we're out here has been just incredible finally got through all the logistics that it took to make this happen and luckily got through you know the u.s tour we got through the european tour and you know successfully without anybody getting covid and having to cancel the whole thing and, you know, it's been totally re-energizing. So the, the energy of the fans has been amazing to see. I mean, it is a reality that in some locations, there weren't as many people as there would have been if we weren't having a world pandemic. I mean, it's just what's going on. But when you feel the energy of the people and the joy in that they can get out there and experience live music again, it's incredible. And it's a great feeling. I have to say that, you know, when I first was heading out it's like oh my god what's gonna happen how's this gonna work and but the reality of it has been uh, amazing though actually last night was probably one of the greatest shows that i can even remember because like we were in istanbul turkey and the crowd there it was like at least five thousand people and it was so powerful i walked on stage i was almost like breathless for about two minutes because the energy from the crowd was so strong. I'm like, oh my god! Like, I gotta like settle down and like kind of collect myself just to, you know, because you want to just play and you don't want to get too like crazy and a lot of play. But the impact of that crowd was so in- insane. But but that was kind of related to what was going on. We just felt this, you know, love and support and energy and and wow, amazing. So that that first session when you guys get back together to start view from the top of the world is there just like eight million riffs just pouring out of everybody <laughs> to write this because there you've been pent up for so long and, and Jones and so bad to get writing you know, again. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, this is a very dream theater kind of like situation. I mean, we we have a million riffs anyway that are pouring out of us all the time. Our problem collectively, like the, the let's call it the you know the John Petrucci Jordan Rudis problem is definitely not like coming up with like riffs and ideas the challenge for us is to organize them uh you know that's a that's a whole nother thing i mean not that it's necessarily quote-unquote hard for us we can do it but um, i guess more more of what i'm saying is that the 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 riffs they flow out you know which ones are good which ones are bad what do we want to use how what kind of order that's the work that happens so whereas some musicians, it's more like, oh, I can't think of anything I want to do or, you know, they just don't have a lot of choices. I mean, I'll, I'll sit at the piano all day and like come up with stuff you've never heard. So, you know, whether it's great, good or what, you know, that's up to whatever, you know, or if even, even if I stop to write it down, I mean, that's a whole nother story. I had a guy um, I used to play in the Paul Winter Consort many years ago, which was uh a group that did like kind of world music, jazz, or whatever, and the cellist, a wonderful cellist named Eugene, Eugene Friesen, would always hear me just sitting down and playing. And he said to me one day, he said, Jordan, he said, you throw away more good music than anybody I know because I'm always improvising. 
so I don't know. That's just kind of like my life, just playing, just coming up with ideas and throwing them out there. And it doesn't matter if they stick or we write them down. It's, it's just how I express myself, you know. I, I know you got a few minutes left, but I, I did have uh, two quick questions for you. Sure. <clears throat> how, how did you guys come up with this set list? Because I know that those, you know, I, I try to remain spoiler free, but yeah. I know that like when I finally saw the show, I was, I was, I was like, man, did they just go through all the catalog? Look, okay, this one's double digits. This one's double digits. We'll throw in two six minute songs. And then, like, it was a crazy set list for you guys. It yeah. was awesome, but it was very interesting. Yeah, they're great set lists. I mean, you know, honestly, like, John Petrucci's, you know, been kind of like the one who kind of mostly puts it out there and, and says to us, guys, like, what is this? How does this kind of thing feel? Before he does that, though, I will say that, you know, we we kind of say, oh, we'd love to play this song off the new album. Everybody chimes in about what they want, would like to play, and maybe even saying some things that they definitely don't want to play. So John has some input, and he's the one who goes back, and he kind of like, has, we have our, our master list of how long all the songs are, and then, you know, we find out how long we're going to play, and what the gift curfews or whatever and then very often after getting that information getting feedback from the band john will write to us and say guys how does this look and then and very often it's like that looks great and i gotta say that this set list has been amazing and what's really funny about the you know the sets we've been doing is that we play through a whole bunch of songs and then we only have three more songs but it's an <laughs> hour or more <laughs> It's like I always joke with my tech, like I'll get off the stage right before the encore and I'll say to him, don't worry, we just have one more song. That one more song is what, like 20 minutes or something. Yep. So it's a dream. It's certainly a dream theater thing with three songs take an hour, you know. It's like, <laughs> I was just curious, did anyone else complain about this? Because you had me and John going there for a second. I thought you might be doing all of Six Degrees when you started out with <laughs> Yeah, about the crash. Oh, yeah, start off with about the crash. We might get it, and then we're looking at our watch. We're doing the mat. We're doing the dream theater time math, and we're like, "Are they going to do it?" <laughs> no, that's been a great song to play, and it's been fun. It's funny for me to go back and play catalog stuff, especially when I go back and I play stuff that was more around the time when I started with the group, like twenty whatever it is, three years ago. Um, of course, Six Degrees was the second album I did with dream theater but even that it's so different than a lot of the stuff after that it was very like piano based i mean i remember like you know writing that song and when i play it it's really i'm on i'm like on the piano like the whole time playing these kind of nice chords and things and you know all this stuff and nothing else is really like that but it's very melodic and really nice and um no, it's been a, it's always a journey for me, a journey of the mind, kind of going into <laughs> areas and different ways we were expressing, you know, our music. Awesome. Well, I know you got to go, Jordan. I know you've got another interview coming up. Uh, so I did want to bring up one comment from our, our uh, viewers here. Our good buddy, Joe Gebhardt, he says, just wanted to say thank you, Jordan, and to the rest of the guys for making such amazing music and everything you do for us, the fans, being so humble to your fans and down to earth. So. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah, I mean the um, the whole thing with with you know sharing sharing music and sharing the energy and the love that I have for the music and for playing, I and mean, that is that is you know to me what makes my life enjoyable and makes it really work. Because not only do I like to play concerts 
and having the fans react on that level. But I actually like interacting with them. That's why I put together a Patreon, because one of the beautiful things about it is I can live stream and I can, you know, talk to the people. And I can even I opened up the a chain of communication where people can write to me over Patreon. And, you know, I'll get I'll respond to them because it makes a nice, clear channel of communication rather than trying to you know respond to this guy on instagram and this message is coming in on messenger and this one's on what you know that's like too even though i'd like to be able to do that that's too chaotic but because i enjoy interacting with people and with fans you know i kind of have been able to figure out methods to do it which are really enjoyable and meaningful to me that's awesome. Yeah, that was actually before we let you go. I was going to have you plug your Patreon because I know you're doing a, a oh. lot of stuff with that. That's like your main hub. So, you know, it's, yeah. So, so while I've been on the road with Patreon, one of the things I've been using it for is I keep kind of a di- a daily. Like I'll do a video in every town that I go to, and I'm a big like walker, so I'll go into a town, a country, or whatever. Put my bags down in the hotel. I'm out the door. I'm walking around Zagreb. I'm walking around Sofia, Bulgaria, Paris, France, and I got my video camera, and I'm always saying, "Hey guys, look where I am today." You know, here, it's yeah, it's really really fun. Brian and I actually ran into you doing just that in Columbus, Ohio, in uh, 2010. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm on the streets. I'm working. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just we're driving looking for a parking spot. And we look over and I go, hell, that's Jordan Rudis. So we just rolled down the window. We're like, hey, Jordan, have a great show. You're like, thanks, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was cool. So but uh, yeah, so uh, thank you so much for coming on, Jordan. Uh, we really appreciate the time. Hopefully we can do it again sometime. Uh, obviously, you know, our buddy Joe Gebhart, we feel the same way when we're doing a whole Dream Theater podcast here. So, you know, we're big fans of your guys. So right, um, right. yeah. So yep. best of luck on the tour, and thanks for, thanks for making time for us, man. I really appreciate it. Guys, we read the word about the solo shows. Looking forward to going out there and doing it, and uh, nice to see you both. Sounds good. Take care, Jordan. Safe travels out there, man. Rock on. Thanks. thanks. Bye. Well, there he goes, guys. Jordan Rudis, the wizard. That, that's pretty surreal, man. That was, man, that was a total blast. I, I could have talked to him for another hour about all the technological stuff he's got going on. That is just absolutely crazy. Like he he's man, he's got so many things going on. And I for, I completely forgot that I wanted to I wanted to uh ask him ask him about I, where's the picture? Is it this one? Yeah, I wanted to ask him what this thing is. And I, I didn't oh, get yeah. time because we're talking about the keyboard. You know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm like, what the heck? And by the way, he was still waiting backstage. I, I think I forgot to get our ID. <laughs> I think he was waiting for us to get an ID, and I was like, "Uh oh, how do I bring the? How do I do this subtly? I'm not very good at this stuff." Oh well, yeah, because we're doing a live show at the same time too. So I know. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I can like dub. I'll dub uh, my voice in. Pretend it's him. <laughs> we'll we'll just chop different words out and make make <laughs> sentences out of it. Right. Robert Reams says, "Great job, guys. Appreciate that, man." Uh, John Horgan, great interview. Thank you, John. Adam Rishog says, great interview, guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was um, that was that was pretty cool. That that literally happened pretty much last second for us because we were talking on Tuesday. I I'd been on vacation uh, for like the last week and a half, and I got home and I was like, ah, crap. We never figured out what we're going to talk about. And so Brian and I had you know spitballed some ideas, like, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. And literally a few hours later. 
Aiken hits me up and he says, hey, I need to talk to you like immediately. So I called him and he says, all right, I need the StreamYard link. Can you take Jordan live at 7.30 on Thursday? I was like, yeah, we can take Jordan Rudis live. <laughs> so that kind of you know, made our topic for the evening. So um, Liquid Shadows says, holy hell, it's Jordan. I don't know who Liquid Shadows is. Is that a new? Liquid Liqu- Shadows? Is, yeah, Liquid Shadows is a new viewer. I've so welcome, pretty, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Pretty wild looking uh uh avatar i guess you call it <laughs> right yeah that was man that was that was really really cool man uh brandon shuttleworth he says he's seriously one of the greatest musicians of our time as far as his intelligence about music fantastic interview guys love it well thank you brandon i appreciate that uh full disclosure we were kind of kind of nervous about that I, i've never really soloed uh doing an interview with somebody um, of his stature before I've, I've sat in on interviews before I've, I've actually, I've actually sat in on, uh, an interview with Jordan. It was, uh, for wired for madness. And, um, so I've done that. I sat in on an interview with John Petrucci, which actually we've, we've got a clip of that that we'll pull up at some point because I was doing it with Chris Aiken and Aiken thinks that dream theater are like these completely undisciplined just like rambling songwriters and it's just one complaint and i said dude you you're full of crap like you have to be disciplined in order to keep someone's attention for that period of time you know these are these are lengthy songs and so when we got john on the phone he closed the interview by actually posing that question to him he said you know john i need you to settle a debate you know i think you guys are really undisciplined and john says you have to be really disciplined to hold somebody's interest for that long and john laughed about it and he actually answered the question and so I've got audio that's it's it's really funny, and he basically said that we're kind of both right, and I'm uh, so he he you know was really gracious about answering a pretty direct question, and um, that it was cool. But yeah, this was the first time I ever had to kind of like solo interview somebody of Jordan's stature, so it was a little little bit nerve wracking. That was that was a lot of fun, man. Don't go overboard giving me credit for for being here. Keep keep saying it was a solo interview. That's fine. Well, I mean, you didn't really <laughs> offer any anything. I mean, come on. Like, I yeah. mean, let's be honest. You I know, only I, asked I, like I, six questions. Like, yeah, I mean, I wrote every question though. I mean, let, let's let's pull the curtain back here. <laughs> you wrote, I used like one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I never heard such a self serving thing. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm taking over. Get solo interview I'm taking, somebody. I, I get I get one. <laughs> Good I get Lord. one interview with Jordan Rudis, and then I'm like, "Yep, I'm taking over." What the hell? So, yeah, I, I, that that's um, that tour is going to be cool, man. I'm so pissed that I'm going to miss it. I mean, you're going right to the Kent stage on July. 9th. I think so. Yeah, I have to double check because that's yeah, I, a, is that Saturday. A Saturday? Yeah, yeah. That might be the only problem. I, I definitely want to go. That's a great venue to see shows like that too. Yeah, I saw Jeff Tate yeah. Acoustic there a couple of years ago. And it was it was man, it was awesome. Uh, oh, I, all right. Toomey brings it brings up a good point. He says he solo interviewed Rita Haney with me. That was that was a little different to me. I think because like you know Rita Haney is more of like a conversation, and it's like Pantera ask. It was a little loose, it, 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 and you were basically the lead on that one. This was the first time I kind of like had to be show host guy. So look at this, K- Kale. He says I'm going I'm going to work more disillusioned with the band than when I came in. Okay, I, Kale. I just couldn't ask him about the Australian tour, man. Like, I couldn't do it. I, I just, I couldn't do it. He was rolling, and we had questions to get to, so I apologize. We feel your pain, man. I, yeah, that's got. 
KO's a little pissed because they officially canceled their Australian tour date, so now he's got to get a refund for tickets he's been holding on to for two years. So, um, so what was uh, what was your favorite part of doing that, man? You know, I thought it was an interesting answer. Like when he said, you know, we don't. The problem isn't having the riffs; it's like putting them all together. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I would just love to be. I'd love to see that process. Like you can see sort of bits and pieces from stuff in studio throughout the years they've done but i'd, I'd want to see like i don't know just run the camera for like 40 minutes while they're literally deciding this is going to be i don't know especially something like the title track from view for the top of the world you know yeah i want to see the camera rolling while while the three of them because my understanding too from what he uh interview he or posting he'd done before is that my young's also kind of involved in that process a little bit as well but i just love to see how that all comes together you know like that has to be fascinating to watch. So hopefully they like document that at some point. Yeah. I, I, I liked your question about, you know, the inspiration, having a million riffs coming back off of COVID because, you know, I mean, you're a musician and, you know, not playing live for a year and a half or whatever it is. It's like that first time you get back out there. It's, I mean, it's, it's powerful. And so it's, it's gotta be like, especially for a band as prolific as they are like incredibly invigorating so i thought that was a really good question to ask you know, t- talking about oh you know how much you know how much did you come up with as a result of this like i, th- I thought that was cool man yeah so, something i did want to ask and it kind of didn't seem i don't know i don't want to say appropriate but because we just had a pandemic but i kind of wanted to know like okay if it's a normal tour cycle album whatever blah blah they do solo stuff too like who's the first guy that goes, Hey man, I'm jonesing to get, you know, DT back to, to, to write the new album. I, w- I want to know who the first guy is. It's probably Petrucci. Yeah. Huh, you think I, I would think so. I mean, he, he and Jordan, you know, obviously, you know, we know that they're recognized as like the leader guys. So you'd, you would think yeah. it would come from both of them and probably John, you know, he, he seems to be the guy that like pushes a little harder, I would say, um, you know, being there from the beginning. So I, I would guess that that would be accurate. Yeah, just the aspect of like, you know, the, the first guy, it's like, man, I really want to get back and do this, you know, <laughs> like it's just to somebody else from time to time, you know, it's just curious. Yeah. I, it was, I kind of also wanted to ask him, you know, like the differences between, I, I couldn't really find a way to phrase it, but I, I had read that, you know, the dream theater show on this cycle, they wanted to, you know, have such a solid show nailed down, you know, with the visuals and everything that it's pretty much dialed in. So they didn't leave themselves a lot of room for improv. So I'm wondering, you know, if Jordan on this tour, like it, that's like how it feels to kind of do the opposite. Like he's kind of got free reign to do whatever the hell he wants to, you know, but I couldn't really, you know, really couldn't figure out a good way to phrase that without it sounding stupid. So I decided to leave that out. (laughs) So that would have been, that would have been kind of dumb. So yeah. Um, Aiken says the first guy to bring it up would be the manager. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point, man. Very good point. Yes. Um, yeah, I I can't believe I blew getting that ID. I I've never had to do that before, so I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And I think Jordan was sitting backstage for like another minute or two. I was like, uh oh, I think I messed something up. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, because we were doing it live. So, I mean, we could have just stopped and said, okay, we're doing the ID here. Everyone just hang on for two yeah. seconds. Yep. <laughs> so, he, he had something going on in his kitchen. We, we need to get an ID. Like, just <laughs> let, let's, let's deal with it here. You know, it's the power of live video. Maybe we can, uh, maybe he'll be kind enough to give us like five minutes to do that again another point in time or something. <laughs> it takes like 30 seconds, you know. But right. yeah. 
So uh, uh, real quick, this is a show that you went to, and I know you went to with one of, one of our uh, one of our listeners, viewers, uh, Robert Reams. You met up with him. Uh, so Adam Rishog wants to know. You saw ha- uh, Hawken and Symphony X last week in Vancouver. Incredible show. Thoughts on those two bands? You sure that wasn't for Jordan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a great show. Uh, you must have missed. I think I talked about it a little bit, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, I thought it was, especially Hawken. I I did not. I went into that really not knowing much, and then I downloaded a. I found their set list and then just downloaded, started listening to. It. I was like, wow, this is a really really cool fun band. Yeah, very musical and prog and rock and some eighties thrown in there too. But uh, yeah, Symphony X, Russell Allen just put on a vocal clinic on how to still sound amazing, you know, doing cool rock stuff. And they did the whole Odyssey, which was awesome live. And uh, yeah, man, great show. Yeah, I. Uh, that's you know, I. Hawking is difficult for me. You know, it's it, it's. I've tried to get into it, and and I I, I kind of dig it, but I, I it's not something that I was uh, I'm you know, oh this is like the, the craziest, you know type of thing, I've ever heard. Like I've got to listen to this more. It's it it was an interesting listen for me. Yeah, it takes so, a few. It takes a few because they're kind of all over the place. Even the set that they did, you're like, oh, this doesn't sound like that, and that doesn't sound like this, and yeah, you know, it's kind of a mix of, I don't know, yes and you know some heavier prog stuff and the singer's got a, a, a cool voice i like his voice a lot yeah he's done it good um you know symphony x though i mean you and i obviously we just recently did uh did that episode of discography discussion so if you guys want to if you guys yeah so if you guys if you guys want to check that out um it's a it's a really kick ass podcast that I'm I'm good friends with uh, Joe the guy who runs it and it's uh, what like last month I think wasn't it or was it end of April but yeah. Brian and I sat down and we went through the whole catalog of Symphony X so if you guys if you guys want to check that out just you know look up discography discussion and look up the Symphony X episode and that would be Brian and I so go ahead and check that out um yeah I mean if there's a rock metal band that anyone's ever heard of like those guys have done a show on I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, there's exactly. like three close to 300 episodes. I mean, there's there's 50 bands on there I never even heard of in addition to all the the main heavy hitters. I mean, those guys are they go deep into stuff. So if you're in the rock and metal in general and you're you know, you're, it's almost guaranteed you'll find an episode on a band there. Yeah. Robert Robert Reams in, in terms of Hawken, he says like all prog music, they are like scotch, an acquired taste, you either like it or hate it. So, yeah, that's I I'm in the middle, so and I like Scotch, so maybe it'll be like Scotch and it'll grow on me. So, um, uh, so one thing that we do have coming up that kind of ties into my vacation, uh, we have a couple interesting things coming up on the show. Um, so we are going to be doing an album deep dive, uh, coming up here in one of these future episodes, probably the next couple months, regarding a band that influenced Dream Theater, probably the influence on Dream Theater. Uh, We are going to be digging into Rush's Moving Pictures record, because, Brian, that is your favorite Rush record. And on my Star Wars show, the Nerf Herder Council, I found out that the guy who created Star Wars Celebration, that's the official Lucasfilm Star Wars, uh, you know, fan convention i was just there in anaheim last week 
Um, the guy who started it all, come to find out, he is an enormous Rush fan. And I asked him, like, well, you know, I saw him at the convention. I was like, would you want to come on my music show and, and talk about Rush? He says, hell yeah. And I was like, we're going to talk moving pictures. And he said, that's my favorite record. So I get to kind of combine, you know, my two favorite things, you know, Star Wars and, and Dream Theater and kind of, you know, do this episode. So we'll be doing that. And then we also uh, got confirmation. We just have to schedule a time to figure out how to do it because this guy's in England. But we're going to be having author Rich Wilson on the show to talk about his fantastic Dream Theater biography, Lifting Shadows. Uh, if you guys do not have a copy of that, go on Amazon and get the uh, paperback. It's an ex- it's uh, the extended version because uh, the original version came out before Portnoy left. And then once Portnoy left, he actually added a chapter talking about Mike leaving. Um, so that is an absolutely fantastic read. I... I pre-ordered the book. I know if he's still in the chat, Sean Faust, a uh, new friend of ours, like like he pre-ordered the book. Um, and it, it's just a great read. And we reached out to Rich to see if he would come on and talk about the book and, you know, some stuff that he, you know, did to put that thing together. And he said he would come on. So we just got to coordinate schedules between England and America, which, you know, obviously we did that with Paul Logue. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, that was a great read. You uh, recommended it to me. And I was lucky to get the the, the new edition with the, you know, the post uh, post portnoy stuff too so i'm gonna have, definitely have to reread it because i feel like there's times when i'm like wait did they say this and then i can't remember so i'm gonna go back and <laughs> myself on, on yeah. a lot of it too and uh it'd be interesting to see like how much of a fan he is too you know like is he is it more of a fan or from a writer's perspective or you know how do you balance the line when you're like writing something like that you know yeah like peter O'Rulian was a fan and he knew john when you know when it came to writing the astonishing you know the novel for that the novelization but i yeah that'd be a good question to ask rich i don't i don't know where his affiliation with the band lies so that would be something interesting um you know i like i say i i was so excited uh i was so excited to get that book when i heard it was announced and they said you can go pre-order it you know and it's a special version called images and words and it's actually two books it's you know lifting shadows is you know uh the words part and then images it's actually a, a book of nothing but pictures that you know coincide with each chapter so it's it's a really cool way to experience the book and um it, you know i was it was kind of cool they have like a hall of fame or whatever they call it in the back so anybody who pre-ordered it you know their names in there so my name's in the back and all that crap um but yeah it's it, man it's I read music biographies, like even even by artists I don't like. I don't know if you're that way, Brian, but this is a really good music biography, and not just because it's about Dream Theater. Yeah, how about unmute yourself? Yeah, there sorry. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've read. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't, I'm trying to think what else, you know. I've said, well, I've read all the uh, Kiss uh, solo books. You know, obviously they didn't write a book together, but <laughs> have you read all those? I, I have read all four of the Kiss biographies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I've read all those. I, I even read Gene's, because uh, he didn't he do two of those. Those asshole or no, that was the album. He did a yeah. separate book also that was like kind of I don't know. That was that was rough. Something about business or something. He's yeah, like yeah. He's kissing his own ass or whatever. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I've you know obviously read the the Dirt and whatever, and I think a Michael Jackson one and and uh, but yeah, I it's just. We talked about it before, but, and I, I kind of wanted to ask Jordan about this too, because it's always a, like I could ask this of every artist that we ever talked to and they never get old question. Like, 
this difference, this balance of talent and drive. Like everyone knows Jordan had, was basically a prodigy, right? That's that's well documented. But yeah. the drive, like just because you're the prodigy doesn't mean you have the drive. So it's like I, I just I'd love to know like his thoughts on where that comes from, you know, because I don't think it just sort of just shows up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, a perfect example would be, you know, Eddie Van Halen. It's, you know, the guy is like known for having all this music, like, you know, years and years worth of tapes at 5150. And yet, you know, after the Sammy years, they put out the the Gary Sharon record and a different kind of truth, and that's that's it. I mean, it's really weird. Like for a guy that has all that stuff, so it's like, yeah, where where do where is that line? Because he's motivated to write and you know make sure that he records it and stuff like that, but he's not putting out full records or anything like that. So it's like it's man. I wonder if it comes from like just a natural like. I don't want to say disenchantment, but just experience with singers, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe it's <Yeah>. like, like <laughs> oh, now I got to deal with a singer, you know, and it could be, it could be. Um, so real quick, guys, uh, I know uh, Robert Houston, you asked, I don't know if the link's going to work. I'm terrible at this stuff, but it probably isn't going to work. But um, Robert Houston wants to know, does the book say that it's the new version on the cover or is it just the last chapter? Um, it, the last, the, the new part is the last chapter. Um, I tried to put a link in the in the chat, but I don't know if that works or not. But um, yeah, it says something yeah. like updated or something in the bottom of the description. Yeah, I, I think it might be just for the just for the soft cover, the paperback. So if you look that up on Amazon, that's where I found it. Just look up "Lifting Shadows: The Authorized Biography of Dream Theater" and you'll find it. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a really good question about like drive and talent and stuff like that because you know there's I mean talk about a guy like Vito Brada. You know, that guy is like one of the most incredible guitar players on the planet and he just up and quit playing. Yeah. Like the guy the guy was untouchable. And then all of a sudden he just yeah, I'm I'm done. Well, he <laughs> like, had what the, the drive. Hell is that? Get, he had the drive to get to that level though at least, but I guess maybe this is then that's more about sustaining it, you know, sustaining the drive, I guess. I I, I don't know. Yeah, that whole thing is yeah, I mean, I it's, it's, it's just it's just fascinating because, you know, we started off, and I, I was going to ask him about. Do you remember when I put up that logo of, of that band? Jordan was in that Speedway, oh, band, called, yeah. the Grand Prix or what it was called. I can't remember. Yes, I, I about that as a joke, but I'm just like, did you ever think, you know, back then you're just kind of playing synths and keys in this sort of '80s pop rock, hard rock band that you know you'd literally be like. You know, I'm literally a musical, you know, people can say they're a music influencer, but not to the degree that Jordan is, you know, I mean, yeah. literally influencing technology and the way music is read and heard and seen. And, and I don't know, it is, it is fascinating. Like his, his take about, you know, the technology versus the natural sound or whatever. And it's just like, look, this is just all part of it. You know, I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, music is music, you know, whether it's the, the keyboard and the hammer hits the string on the piano and it's a percussive sound and or or you someone designs an amp an app to, you know, make the most screwed up sounding 
evil guitar synth slash you know lead sound or whatever <laughs> right yeah that i mean it, he answered the question for me but you know when when you, you started talking about that i, I was going to ask him you know you know the keyboard is known especially synthesizer is known as like a pretty cold instrument you can't get a lot of feel out of it i mean you're you're a keyboard player you know that and I was, you know, I was going to ask him like, where does that come from? How do you do that? And he started mentioning, you know, the, you know, the mini, mini Moog, and and which I always thought was a Moog, by the way, but apparently it's a Moog. Or I'm going to go with how Jordan pronounced it. He knows more than I do. Um, so, you know, he's talking about like, you know, twisting the knobs to get it in there. And then I'm, I'm really glad he brought up the continuum because that's the one where it's like it's, you know, just so touch sensitive. And you know, it, like, where does where where do you draw the line? Like, how do you keep coming up with new ideas? Like, how can there constantly be? Well, here's this other you know electronic whiz bang I can come up with. Like, that's that's fascinating to me. And it's like, where does that come from? And it's just it's such it's such a cool such a cool thing to think about. You know, we showed that weird keyboard that is like a <laughs> half circle. Right. Like, like what? Like what goes through your head where you go? You know what? I need a, a keyboard in a half circle. <laughs> like that's just crazy. Did Aiken post that? How much did yeah. Vito have to hate Tramp to really retire? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How much did Vito Brada have to hate Mike Tramp to literally retire for good? <laughs> We've officially got White Lion talk on on talking into yes. infinity. I love it. Um, Giovanni Palaya, good to see you, buddy. He says, Lifting Shadows is a great read. First impression after finishing it, how is this band still together? And six months later, I got my answer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah, the the cool thing about that book is that it's um you know, a lot a lot of these like biographies, like they'll you know, two thirds of it'll be the first couple years of a band, like the really popular stuff you know the formative years and then the later stuff it's like two pages per album and you're done and, and this one really isn't like that i mean it really digs into each of the records i think the last one that it touches on is systematic chaos i think the original version and then uh the updated version has stuff about black clouds and then obviously portnoy leaving after that uh touring cycle but i mean there's so much in this book it it just doesn't stop giving you information and it's it's fascinating, man. It's really cool. It, it keeps you reading and it, you're learning about stuff. And again, it was awesome to learn a ton about albums like, you know, like Train of Thought, just the same as you would learn about something like Awake. So it's, yeah, you guys definitely should go out and get that. Um, that is just very, very cool. Well, when a band like has zero interest in like, you know, sex and drugs and stuff, <laughs> then, then you're only <laughs> right. going to be able to write about the cool stuff, which is like the stuff that we want to hear about, you know? Like, I know. I don't know if you remember in Gene's one book he was talking about. I think I brought this up before. I can't remember what show it was, but it was like um, there. Kiss is having a party down the hall, and Rush is the opener. And it's like, you know, we banged on their door and tried to get them to come out. We open it up, and they're you know, Getty Lee's in there reading a book. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they like they played like Farewell to Kings for for him, and like they they played it like twice or something in the van. And Gene just just looking at him like, I don't have any idea what you guys are doing. <laughs> like he thought it was the worst thing he'd ever heard in his life and didn't think they'd go anywhere so, i don't know it's just kind of fascinating but uh yeah but it, yeah it's, it's just the whole idea and we talked about it before of how they started and it's just like okay we're gonna haul all those drums all those guitars all those amps all the microphones of p we're gonna haul that down to, down there we're gonna practice for six hours then we gotta haul it all back up you know just the dedication and the discipline to do something like that you know, and that was just for a, 
I don't know, two year or one year period of time. And then, and then the idea that they, you know, I don't know, seven, eight hours a day. I mean, my young's on record is saying he practices probably nine hours a day or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, the dis like you talked about the word like discipline. I mean, you talk about discipline. I mean, I guess there's a dis- difference between discipline and drive. I mean, that that's discipline right there, you know. Well, it, it you know, it's it's a collection of guys that actually still love to do it at its most basic level, just playing the instrument. You know, it's okay because it's one thing to I, I would say to like have the drive and, and you know the talent and everything, but after you know, I mean, they've been around for man like three plus decades. You know, it, it's at some point it's got to be like okay, it's a job, but for them, like they're still playing you know every day they're still rehearsing every day and you know for jordan like creating new technologies every day it's like i mean this is really what they love the most and that's kind of hard to find you know i mean you read about bands all the time that talk about when they're not on the road they don't play they don't sing they don't do anything they just want to break from music and man these guys don't at all they're just like this is what i do man you know i'm, I'm gonna keep playing even when we're off tour and I think that really shows in John Petrucci more than than any other guitar player or musician in any in any other band. Like it shows how passionate and intuitive he is because he continues to come up with these just like hair on the back of your neck solos that are so melodic, and it's just like every song, every album. Well, let's just up it a little bit more. Let's up it a little bit more. You know, I, it's like how many more of these epic melodies do you have in you like yeah it seems like the supply is endless and that's how i know that he enjoys doing it because he keeps coming up with these and it's like they're just note for note perfect and the solos are not just like a bunch of noodling that just you know you know what i mean like the solos souls are very specific and melodic and and fit the framework and and uh, it just shows how much this guy just is a fan of of the creative process yeah so I, I got to throw up something personal here. Uh, the guitar player in my band, uh, one of my two guitar players, Jonah Clayton Mize, he jumps in the chat. What's up, John? Like, none of my guys has ever checked out either of my shows. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. What's up, Jonah? We're going to tear that motherfucker down tomorrow and Saturday, bro. Um, so a couple a couple quick notes, and, and then we'll, we'll get out of here. Um, wanted to let you guys know that uh, Sean Faust, who was in the chat earlier, uh, he did something really cool for us. He actually had a whole bunch of the uh, mini programs from the Astonishing Tour in t- 2017. He still had a st- uh, like a stock of them. Um, you know, they're not like the full size, but they're like you know the, the ones you get handed when you come in, and you know, um, he he's like, do you guys do you guys want those for giveaway? I said, yeah. So if any of you guys watching or listening would like to get a uh, mini program from the 2017 Astonishing Tour, just shoot us an email at talkingintoinfinity at gmail.com and just give us your name and address and we'll shoot one out to you. We'll cover the postage and everything. I don't care about that. Just if anybody wants them, you know, some cool like, you know, Dream Theater history from, you know, pretty divisive tour, but a tour that I thought kicked absolutely all kinds of ass. So uh, yeah, talking into infinity at gmail.com If you guys, uh, if you guys want to want to get one of those, uh, oh, so, it's our buddy David Ellis, man. I haven't seen him in a bit. What's up, David? He says, "Good luck for your gig from Australia." Thanks, man. Hope you guys hope you guys are doing good, man. Uh, yeah, to Australia. Yeah, I'll I'll ship to Australia. I don't know how, but I'm sure the post office can help me do it. So uh, so so and- really quick to sort of summarize this: seventeen months ago, we started the show. 
almost 18, right? Yeah. <laughs> like goofing around. I mean, did you ever think in a million years that we'd have Jordan Rudis on the show? Like, I don't know. It's almost like no. I, I'm kind of like so out of it. I can't like even process it right now. Like I'm sure it's going <laughs> to hit you later. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. He just seems so normal and down to earth that I was like, I, know, I think I thought like laser beams are going to be coming out of his head or something. You know, his wizard arms were going to be doing so there's hands. Right like lightning or something but it's like <laughs> did you ever think in a million years that we'd have jordan rudis on the show i mean i it's it's mind-blowing if i really sit back and think about it yeah no i i didn't and it's because you know when you brought up the idea to do the show you know i do it because i love dream theater and i i i, I love podcasting and stuff and it's like a creative outlet for me and so i was just like hell yeah i'll talk about dream theater it was never i'm gonna start a show so i can get dream theater on it and, uh, you know, the fact that it's happened and, you know, you, you know, I mean, the guests that we've had on, we had, you know, their sound guy on, we've had, you know, their their graphics guy on, we've had their author on, we're going to have, you know, their biographer on, you know, um, June 25th is a whole nother can of worms. June 25th, it's a Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Do not miss that. Uh, as soon as we have official confirmation, we'll be announcing exactly what it is. But trust me, uh, Saturday, June 25th at 2 p.m., just make sure that you're tuning into the show. Um yeah, I, I I never I never did, and I just figured we're gonna do our dumb show and talk about Dream Theater, and we're gonna nerd out about you know our favorite band with a bunch of other people who, you know, it's their favorite band. Hopefully, people will jump in and talk to talk to us about them, and it's it's just been a it's it's a, been a crazy ride, man. It's 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 a total blast, and then like you said, to have Jordan on today was so surreal. You know, I'm in the middle of the intro, and all of a sudden, I see the window pop up in the green room, and I was like, "Man, oh man, okay, here we go." So, you know, and and making it even worse was we didn't even get to talk to him beforehand to be like, "Okay, here's how we do it." You know, yeah. we do bring comments up. I just had to be like, "Hey, man, here's Jordan, and go." <laughs> like, well, I'd so, love to know too. Like, has he ever actually listened to an episode? I mean, probably not, but it, like, I, I just want to know like his thoughts if he heard us doing, "Oh, here's the Dream Theater Gateway songs," or "Here's the." prog ones for the prog you know i don't know i just yeah. see what he but you know he's got a lot more important things to do than listen to our dog <laughs> talk about him i guess yeah see D david ellis can relate he says this is exactly what happened when i started the fan club in australia and new zealand fans start it and when we meet our idols it blows our mind yeah that's that's exactly right man like this is like i said this is the first time i've ever you know, had to show host. I, I I won't use solo again, Brian. That was a poor term. Uh, poor term there. <laughs> but, um, balls. <laughs> like, yeah, I had to. I've, it's the first time I've had to like host a show where there's an interview with somebody of that stature, and it was just completely nerve wracking. But it was cool because you know, in the past, like in the early 2000s, I did interviews for Chris Aiken. He had a music magazine called Music's Bottom Line, and I did interviews, and it was phone interviews, and I would then transcribe them for the magazine. But man, you wouldn't believe how many times you'll talk to a musician; they'll give you like a two a two sentence answer, and then you got to like, and then I'll like because you'll write down a number of questions, but then their answers are so sh uh, so short. Excuse me, that you run out of stuff to ask them. You're like. Good Lord, dude. Like, could you? But Jordan was not like that at all. He was very, you know, expressive and he, he had awesome, long, informative answers to the point where he ate up a couple of my questions because he talked about stuff I was going to ask about. It was awesome. Man, I'm dying to hear this 15 minute medley now. I wanted to ask him how many songs are actually in it. Yep. I, I, 
I, the one thing I did want to ask, I'm like, all right, since you have the floor, none of the other guys are on the show. Like, do you have a one Dream Theater song that you always wanted to play live and you haven't been able to force your way into a set list yet? Yeah, <laughs> I had a couple. He's got one. I, yeah, I had a couple like that. I had one like, what's what song takes the most prep work? If you see it's coming, you know, it's just I don't know. It's a big. I don't know, it would be awesome if we could like. I'm, this is gonna sound so greedy, but like if we could get them <laughs> back on and just just hammer away at just like dream theater rapid fire questions you know <laughs> like and then well, have, they'll have the, the listeners do it too but you know i'm, I'm not oh well, yeah well that that's one of the things that I, I hope that happens you know if you're talking greedy stuff like pie in the sky oh, jg3 right. checking in what's up jg3 good to see you man hopefully you caught the beginning of the show if not then uh-oh but uh yeah i mean if we do get the guys on if we you know first of all that's awesome but if you know if we were able to get them on on a non-touring cycle just like you know during their off time it would be it would be cool to ask them questions like that and have you know the viewers and and fans and stuff like that you know hit them up with some questions and just kind of talk dream theater in general just have like a general dream theater bullshit session like that would be really really cool so well think about that too i guess i forgot that six degrees was his second dream theater album i mean that's <laughs> how many people like come in and that that's their second album with a group they're with something to that magnitude <laughs> i mean it's right. gotta be like i, I don't know <laughs> yeah so uh aiken you bring up a good point you bring up a very good point um so jordan does do all of his like contact stuff through his Patreon now, guys. So if you want to become a member, just go to patreon.com forward slash Jordan Rudis. And, uh, you know, it starts at $5 a month, which is, you know, pretty much peanuts. So uh, if you want to do $25 per month, he's got 18 spots with that remaining. Um, so, you know, again, just go to patreon.com forward slash Jordan Rudis. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff, you know, going on there. So make sure to check that out. Uh, all right, so JG3, it's been a long week. My grandfather passed away. I'd been staying with him for a little bit because he was on hospice. Very sorry to hear that, man. Very, very sorry to hear that, man. Hope everything's going good with the family there. Uh, Condolences, buddy. Look at this. Robert Reams. James Labrie just released a solo album, Opportunity There, and he does your intro. Sounds like it should happen. Hmm. Not a bad idea. Know. Not a bad idea. <coughs> June 25th. <coughs> um. You know, I got an idea for an episode talking about Jordan's Patreon. I mentioned this before. I'm going to join Jordan's Patreon, and I'm going to do an episode on what's in there. Do it. You don't sound that excited about No, do it. That'd be great. (laughs) Well, no, because I was like, okay, well, I don't think I would have any input because it's all, you know, keyboard stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that would would definitely be something you could pull off playthroughs and sound design stuff on songs i think he's doing that on that usic thing too which i wanted to ask him about but that's like a different platform yeah but uh, the patreon has a lot more stuff in it but uh yeah i'm gonna i will join um i'll probably have you pay for it of course but i will join (laughs) you can write it off as a business expense yeah exactly mother believe me or the nerf herder council (laughs) for taxes to their their car credit card exactly Oh my God! I, well, I already I'm, paid I'm, for the streamyard. I'm excited though because we, like you said, we're going to do a deep dive on moving pictures at some point. Um, that's yep. going to be cool. Uh, we know we're talking with Paul Logue about the Libri album again. That's going to be awesome. Yep. And uh, I don't know the show. Hopefully, I'll be able to go to that show in July. So you got a show that night then already? Or? Yeah, when he announced it, I was like, 
damn it, it's on a Saturday. It's only like 25 minutes from me. Yeah. And I have a gig, man. I'm like, son of Festival a bitch. Or- yeah. I-, I wish it was one of those ones I could cancel. <laughs> like, yeah. Sorry, guys. Got something else going on. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah. Well, this was a fun one, man. This 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 was a fun one. So we got a lot of stuff going on. Again, if you uh, if you want to get a mini astonishing tour program, just shoot us an email at talkingintoinfinity at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to give us show ideas, you can send them there as well. Uh, we try to take your guys' thoughts into consideration. Can't use everything, obviously, but we do listen to you guys, as you know. And uh, again, Saturday, June 25th, at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Put that one on your calendars because it's definitely going to be a very, very cool episode. And as soon as we can announce all the details, we will be sure to do so. Uh, The next episode may be on a different night. We have to find out because two weeks from tonight, I'm supposed to be at Sammy Hagar. So we'll have to figure something out. Or you can just do a solo show or bring on somebody else. Do what I did with Matt Wardlaw. It's up to you. Uh, We'll see. That requires a lot of technical... (laughs) (laughs) Coming together, unfortunately. So we'll see. I'll talk to Chris and see if he has any ideas. All right. Well, so all you guys in the chat, we really appreciate it. Sean Faust, Robert Reams, JG3, David Ellis, Kale McLeish, Adam Rishog, all you guys. Uh, Liquid Shadows, thanks for checking it out. Brandon Shuttleworth, uh, much appreciated to all you guys for hanging out and checking the show out. Uh, again, we are here live every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com or the CMSNetwork.com. Please be sure to check out Heavy Metal Television. Go check out Jordan Rudis's Patreon page and throw him a few bones. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Jordan Rudis. And uh, he is Brian. I am John. And until next time, guys. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. Just wanted to remind you that we want you to be a part of the show. If you give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at T-I-I-D-T Podcast, we post the schedule of when we are recording the show live. It is a streaming video platform on our Facebook and YouTube pages, and it has a live chat feature where you can comment on the show, ask questions, and we can bring your remarks up on the screen and have you drive the conversation. So again, give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at T-I-I-D-T Podcast. And come hang out with us and be a part of the show. Thanks again and carpe diem.